0: hello everyone and welcome to the imaginal space podcast i'm your host katherine perry the imaginal space podcast is dedicated to knowing healing and exploring the aura this podcast is a part of a multi-dimensional project designed to facilitate a deeper connection to yourself the personal aura love the shared aura and our universal family the collective aura Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Imaginal Space. I'm so excited for today's podcast episode because I'm going to be continuing the series that is dedicated to exploring one archetype. So on the last podcast episode, the last one was kind of an experiment because on previous podcast episodes, I was exploring the aura and The way that I understand and know the aura, it can involve anywhere from two to about six to about 12 key energies or 12 key archetypes. And I really love reading and knowing the aura in that way. But I felt like a call to return to a time when I would really just focus on the medicine from one archetype and one color because... The layer, the layer, the aura has so many different layers to it. You know, it has all the archetypes. It has all of the colors or just so many different dimensions, you know, with the way in which the aura is moving and, you know, where certain archetypes are and where certain colors are in the aura. There are just so many layers. And so sometimes it's nice to just take a step back and just focus on one card, one color And then just really soak in and really enjoy and really take a deep dive into the medicine that that card has to offer. So that is what I'm going to be continuing today. And I've really been enjoying it so far. That's what I used to do when I was getting to know the deck, Um, the Archetypes deck. When it first came out, I would just pull a card and kind of just follow the image and just see where it takes me, follow the medicine. And I really enjoy just taking a deep dive, focusing on one card, and exploring all of those different dimensions within. So this series is dedicated to exploring the internal aura, as I like to call it, of one card. So before we begin, I like to open every single episode with a moment of silence. Um, During this time, I say a bit of a prayer to invite in my spirit family. So You can really use the space however you want to. You know, I, again, for me, it's like a prayer. You could also just take a moment of silence um, if that feels right for you, if that's what you feel called to do. You can invite in anything that you want to invite in, or you can just take the time to set up the space to appreciate that you are just here sitting with yourself or you are here sitting with God, with source, with creation, with the great mother, you know, whatever it is you know, that guides you in your day-to-day life experiences. But I personally like to take the time to open every single podcast episode that way. Also, it's just a great way to set your intention, you know, whatever it is, you know, besides calling anything in, uh, again, like your ancestors, you know, whatever it is that you feel called to do. Um, It's great to set just an intention for the podcast episode because what's so beautiful about the archetypes is that they are limitless and infinite in their wisdom. So you could listen to a podcast episode once with one particular intention and the archetype will provide the medicine that you need for that intention or, or what am I saying? Or you can also just listen to it again with a different intention, you know? So I used to love to open, you know, I experimented a lot. Okay. I experimented with opening with like a prayer, um, calling in, you know, the different dimensions and members of my spirit family, to kind of let you know, you know, what does my you know personal prayer look like? Um, I did all like kinds of things, but I found that this is what sits with me the best: is that you call in, you do whatever it is that you need to do, you set up the space in whatever way that you need to, so that you can gain the medicine and the wisdom and whatever direction that you need from this podcast episode. So I do it rather quickly because I'm used to it. But if you need more time, just hit your pause button. But We are going to take a moment of silence, starting right now. Okay, perfect. So today we are going to be focusing on the desert. And anytime I pull a card or a card comes through like this, it always perfectly captures exactly what I'm feeling and exactly what I am experiencing in the moment, which I find quite incredible. Um, But there are no coincidences. The desert archetype describes, well, okay, let's just think about this for a second because I actually love the desert. And so sometimes with these cards, thinking about your physical, very grounded experience with whatever it is that the archetype represents helps bring a lot of the medicine. So there are certain cards where you just can't do that. Um, Let's see, like the Bardot is one of them. Like that's not necessarily like a physical place, you know, depending on how you think about it, but the desert is. Um, And I actually love the desert. Um, When I had the opportunity to go to Australia a couple of years ago, the deserty part of um, what do they call like the outback the red desert that was my favorite part of the trip you know the stars were so beautiful at night there was just something I just felt right at home in the desert um, in a way that I haven't before um, and then there's like The desert also translates to the drought, the wasteland, the badlands. I don't know. Maybe you know what the badlands are in the United States. That's also a beautiful, breathtaking place to visit. Um, But yeah, let's think about the desert for a moment. The desert can be, um, it's very, very hot, as you might have imagined. I've also always wanted to visit the Mojave Desert. Um, And like, what is it? Like Palm Springs. I think that's also quite hot, dry too. Um, But usually when we think of the desert, we think of a place that's like, quite uncomfortable, you know, Um, because it is very dry. Um, Depending on where you are, the heat can be quite oppressive. You know, I had when I was in the desert, I visited in the winter in Australia's winter. So when it was like 80, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, I thought it was hot there. But during the summer, it's like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, over there. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, what kind of just sheer um, intense heat, what experiencing that must be like. Um, but in general, when we think of the desert, we don't usually think of like, OK, we don't usually think of the desert when we go, want to go on like a luxury vacation. You know, most people, when they think of vacation, they think of like the beach, you know, like the calm, cooling waves of the ocean, Um you know, somewhere like more balmy, kind of like a jungle or something, you know, like more hot, humid in that way, kind of like, or like comforting. You know, I'm like, I'm very weird. I really, really love humidity. Um, So I also really love the jungle too. um, And just like hiking in the jungle, being in the jungle. But when I think of places like that, I'm thinking of like Hawaii, Costa Rica, you know, like rainforest, Um, certain places in Australia as well, you know, very rainy, um, never been to Singapore, but that's how my friend described it. Um, yeah, very jungly places, you know, those are more like what we might think of when we think of vacations. you know, it is warm. Um, but it's more just it's not oppressive and dry. Um, which I find interesting because usually, you know, depending on who you are, again, I love the desert. I don't know if everybody loves it as much as I do. Um, But that's not our, sometimes that's not our first pick, you know, when we think of what's like a nice, calming place to relax. Because interestingly enough, it seems that when a lot of people think of that, they think of like maybe water Um, when they just think of like, where would you want to go on your ideal vacation? So even though I really love visiting the desert, um, the way that we think of the architecture, Or, yeah, the archetype, the desert, collectively, um, if you kind of tap into, I guess, that archetypal collective consciousness, it's usually a place where it is a little bit uncomfortable. You know, if you think of, like, the desert in movies, you know, usually when people are in the desert, they are, you know, disoriented, or um, maybe they've gotten lost. You know, that's kind of the only way that they've wound up in the desert in the first place. Um, Thinking of, like, the scene from John Wick, I think it's, like, the third movie where he does like wind up in the desert or something. Um, there's also like a scene in lost and a scene in like the hundred, you know, tons of scenes in popular culture where when someone finds themselves in the desert, it's not a good situation because usually they're like, well, I don't know which way to go. Um, I'm probably running out of water. Um, all these things. And that." kind of quintessential, you know, feeling of like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't really know what I'm doing. It's kind of like a lack of clarity. You know, if we're able to dig a little bit deeper, that's exactly what I've been feeling lately. And what's interesting is, I think I mentioned this before, the desert is a part of the blue family and blue is all about truth. Um, yeah, blue as an aura color. Usually when it shows up in the aura, um And as you know, the way that I or maybe you don't know the way that I understand the aura colors in general is that for every aura color there are, except for gray, there are seven different archetypes that compose the color family. So each archetype brings like a different dimension and it kind of like a different flavor to that color. And so the desert gives us, provides us a unique opportunity to Access and connect to different dimensions of our truth that we are not used to, you know In this human experience There are so many ways to evolve and connect to our personal truths, right? You know, some of them are more I guess you could classify, you know in this world of duality More comfortable or uncomfortable, you know, that's what our brains do. We label we label experiences We label them as uncomfortable or uncomfortable and what i've been really tapping into lately is Whether to your ego, from an egoic perspective, something is comfortable, uncomfortable, et cetera, the way that you evolve through love, grace, ease, et cetera, is by embracing how uncomfortable it is as much as possible. And that's what the desert allows you to do. Because remember, every single archetype, all 78 archetypes are expressions of love, God, source, consciousness, creation at the end of the day. And they are experiences of love, God, source, you know, um, the universe, creation, the mystery, um, just different flavors. And so even though the desert to the ego and to the human mind and to the human body can be incredibly uncomfortable, disorienting at times, and you kind of feel like you're lacking clarity, what it does allow you to do, again, is tap into those different unseen you know, dimensions of truth that you might not have been used to before, you know? And so it's kind of one of those cards like um maybe like the mystic or like the storm. Um what else is there? Maybe even the river a little bit. There are a bunch of oh, Apocalypsis. You know, there are a bunch of or oh the empty room too. There are a bunch of like, I guess you could say quote unquote more uncomfortable cards. You know, again from an egoic perspective that are more uncomfortable to experience but the way that i'm viewing uncomfortable now what's coming through now is it's just unknown you know it's something that again comfortable it's that means like what we are used to you know and so these oh the box too that just came through too all of those cards that kind of have that similar label to them, you know, the one that maybe our ego might just want to skip over or might not want to experience in the first place, Again, they just help you tap into different dimensions of the unknown by basically just bringing you out of your shell a little bit and bringing you out of the box. And the desert is no different, you know? So while you're sitting in the desert, you know, just imagine... a moment you are sitting kind of in the middle of the desert um the desert can look like anything i was going to say imagine like a bunch of rolling like sand dunes like golden sand that's not always what the desert looks like um for me the desert i think of like red sand and you know it is very dry you know maybe cracked land um plants that look like they need some watering you know um that's what i think of when i think of the desert but imagine that and like you're kind of just in the center and then for miles around you, you kind of can't see anything, you know, and imagine kind of what like it's kind of like feelings of like, yeah, discomfort and panic um, arise um, dread because you're like, what am I going to do? Maybe you're thirsty. Maybe you're hungry. And it's kind of this feeling of you just want to get back home you know? And again, home can mean anything. Home could just mean where you are comfortable. You know, you just want to kind of get back to, you know, everything that you know and everything that you are used to. So it is very much like an unknown land and the desert gives you no comfort whatsoever. You know, whatever creature comforts you're used to, like, I don't know, endless supplies of water, a nice warm shower. If you're so lucky to, you know, have access, you know, even to a nice warm shower. Um, or food, or clean water—if you are so lucky to even be able to have those things—and you know, maybe that's what you're craving, maybe that's what you're longing for. Um, but the de- desert's like, no, you know. And what's so beautiful about the desert too is it's kind of like you just have yourself. You know, you don't have, you know, everything that you might have might be used to or might have taken for granted, you know, in the past. But what's also interesting about that is you might just have you. But you have so much more than you understand, you know, so it's kind of like the empty room in that respect. The empty room is a little bit different. Um, But what the desert, like the empty room calls you to do is really just tap into your internal resources. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, There's this concept called demanifestation. I did not come up with it. Um, Let's give credit where credit's due. Deborah Hennicamp. I hope I said that right. Um, of mama medicine came up with that concept. Um, And what's so interesting about just the collective consciousness in general is I was thinking about that. I was just tapped into that vibration, that frequency long before, you know, anybody gave like a term like demanifestation or gave a word to that feeling. But basically the way that I understood it, and that's how collective consciousness works, right? Like you might be downloading something And then you see it somewhere else and it's so beautiful because it reminds you and it humbles you that those downloads, those realizations, those inner knowings, those moments of just clear clarity, they don't belong to you. You know, they belong to the collective consciousness. You know, they belong to God. They belong to unconditional love. They belong to creation. So whilst, you know, I might have been thinking about, you know, what I know now as demanifestation, like a long time ago, you know, before I even saw the word, she was probably downloading it too. And then she just came up with a word for it. And now, you know, I also know it as de-manifestation. Um, but just letting you know, I did not technically come up with the word. Um, but so, okay, let me explain this. So manifestation is all about what we can bring into our lives, right? Um, at least, and I rarely use that word just because there's so much words, right? There's so much attached to certain words. Um, and so I'd like to be very clear when I use, you know, certain words. Um, but there was this, maybe there still is because I'm, I just don't feel like connected to it anymore. This heavy emphasis on manifestation in the past, you know, five years, which is what's, you know, just bringing stuff into your life. Right um, calling stuff in and de the way that I understand it anyway. Um, it's not about necessarily letting things go. I mean, Hey, I love like a good, like Marie Kondo, Con Marie, like letting go of things that no longer serve you, like releasing things that you no longer use so they can be honored and used by somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. You know, really letting go of the excess, um, in your life. And there's, that is like a dimension and understanding a layer to demanifestation. But the way that I've come to understand it is, you know, really, really focusing on all of the internal tools and all of the internal gifts that you have. And so that is a very important dimension of the desert you know, is the dimension of the soul, the spirit, you know, really tuning into every single thing that your soul, your spirit really has to offer, um, is a part of the desert. Because again, in the desert, I told you, just imagine, imagine you're on a solo mission, you know, you have yourself and you have the land. Um, you know, you got enough water in you to survive. Like, don't worry about that. Um, but you just you have everything you need to like survive, but you just don't have all of the excess, all of the excess tools that you might be used to. And a point of the desert is to realize that there is so much around you, not even. Oh, what am I saying? Not around you. I mean, around you as well, um, because this is an archetype. And again, the beautiful thing about archetypes is you can experience the desert without actually being in the desert Um, but in general, you have so much within the wellspring that is your spirit and your soul. And that's what I've really, that's the truth blue that I've really been tapping into as of late. And it's really been helping me because in those moments when you feel like you have no idea what's going on, um, the rug has kind of been pulled out from under you. You're not used to whatever it is that you are experiencing that's where demanifestation really does come into play. And I'm sure this is going to come up on like different podcast episodes, especially when I look at um, other archetypes that really have to do with the color orange, because orange is all about like creation, manifestation, etc. cetera. Um, but these cards, especially like the desert, the empty room, um, where it's more isolating, you know, and it's more about what do you have like just, as a divine being on your own, minus all of the material, all of the third dimensional, you know, things and elements that you are really used to. So it's kind of recognizing that within yourself, you know, what is your soul? what does your spirit have to offer you and have to guide you And understanding the understanding that there is nothing else outside of you. But we're going to get that into a moment because I think that's the most important thing first, you know, is realizing that you can really care for and support and just tap into, you know, infinite possibilities and infinite dimensions of wisdom within yourself before even looking outside of you. So that's number one is just like your own personal spirit, you know, the wellspring of your own soul. And then also realizing you know on another level that god has so much to offer you you know and really tapping into that as well and that's also something i've been thinking i've been thinking about this a lot and this is why you know certain archetypes show up at certain times to provide you the medicine that you need and to basically just sometimes help you remember you know help you remember and in this case since we are talking about a blue card help you remember something about the truth of who you are. You know, that you have infinite resources within yourself and within God once you kind of reconnect to the truth of exactly who you are. And here's the thing. um, This might all sound like all well and good and like, oh, that's nice. She's talking about God and she's talking about, you know, source and spirit and the soul, you know, sometimes it can like sound very like spiritual bypassy. Um, no, 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 no. Um, it's so freaking uncomfortable. You know, um, sitting in the desert. It's not all like la di da, like source spirit, God, whatever. No, it's a very like even though it's in the blue family, it is a very grounded card. You know, it's one of those cards where it's like you really need to feel. And really go through the experience in order to really reap all of the benefits. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like the underworld in that respect. That's also a part of the blue family. Or death, um, Thanatos, you know, which is like another initiation card. A lot of these cards, you really have to feel them and you really need to experience them in order to really understand and leverage the deep medicine that they have to offer. You know, I know what the desert is like. You know, I know what it's like to like not I'm not trying to be dramatic, but to wake up with so much like existential dread and be like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing with my life? You know, what's happening? Um, What am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? What is like? What does my life look like? Forget about a year. What does it look like a month from now? You know, Um, it is very, 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 very very, very, very uncomfortable, you know, and similar to like the empty room, you know, all of those very, very uncomfortable cards. There's no if you really want. And this is what like also I've been realizing in order to be like truly embodied um, and to really integrate, you know, all of the love and all of the wisdom God has to offer you. You really need to feel through these experiences. There is no spiritually bypassing your way through them. Otherwise, you miss the medicine, you know, and that's the beauty of the desert, even though it can be like terrifying, you know, to be in the desert because you are you think you are, quote unquote, alone. And that's where we're going to get to in a moment. Um, again, truths and like visions and creativity that would have remained hidden, you know, that you probably would not have tapped into if it wasn't for the power of the desert Those come to the surface, you know, those come to light because it is one of those. And I guess one of those like families, if I'm like describing it that way now, um, it's one of those cards that's in, you know, expand into the unknown. You know, it's one of those invitations to expand again beyond what it is a year we're used to. And so here's the beautiful part. You know, I told you to visualize, you know, actually being in a desert um, and you are alone. But again, the archetypes are not just, they're not linear. You know, they are not dependent on any third dimensional experience. Again, it's like you can experience the mother without actually having any children. You know, you can experience the father even if you are female identifying. You know, you can experience the bridge without actually being on a bridge. You know, that's literally all I'm saying. So you can experience the desert without actually being in the desert. And so a big part of that. You know, on another level, you know, expanding beyond, you know, what it is that you have within your spirit, you know, the abundance you have within, you know, tapping into the truth that you are a divine being and that you are always connected to God. There is also that, you know, in these, you know, day to day human experiences, there's also the wealth of just tapping into the collective consciousness and tapping into you know, your collective universal family. So that's everybody around you. So basically, um, in a nutshell, when you're navigating the desert, tapping into the truth, you know, that internal truth that there's so much within you, there is so much within God, and then there is so much within the people around you to help you and to guide you. That's kind of all that you need. You know, again, the desert is like, it's an isolating card. Let's just put it that way. And not isolating in like a bad way, but isolating in like, again, like a demanifestation way. In a way that says, you have more than enough. You have more than enough to help you. You have your own soul to help you. You have God, source, spirit, creation, the universe, the mystery to help and to guide you. And then you have all of the emanations. You have all of the expressions, all of the embodiments of God, creation, source, spirit, the mystery, the great mother around you to help you and to guide you and that's what I love about the desert um it really gets you to focus on the wealth and just everything that is around you and just that you don't need it's kind of like a card of like you don't need what you think or what you thought you did you know you don't need all of these like external things and by the way that can mean anything you know, and that's where, like, you kind of need to, like, sit and be like, you know, what does that mean to you? You know, I went through, like, a demanifestation process, um, like, about a week, a couple weeks ago, where, okay, so I really loved, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Okay, so I really loved listening to a ton of podcasts, okay? I must have had... Anywhere from like, oh, I don't know, 15 to like probably around like 15 podcasts that I would listen to just on the regular. Um, and they're they're all brilliant podcasts, by the way. um, But there was just something within me that was like, girl, you got to like release some of these podcasts, you know. So for some people, it might be material things like, OK, get rid of that weird sweater that you don't need or those shorts that don't fit you. Um, Or those jeans that you're never going to wear again or that weird Hawaiian shirt that you bought like 10 years ago and you still haven't worn because there still hasn't been an opportunity. You get the point, you know, or I mean, my mom, my mom and my dad, you know, they come from that generation where like stuff equaled like wealth. And like my mom, we were just cleaning out the garage. I was helping her move some stuff around because I like to help her like move the heavy stuff, you know, just so she can like not strain anything. Um, anyway, there was so much stuff in the garage that we were both looking at, like, why does this still exist? You know, we found like this Christmas reindeer from Lord knows how many years ago that we haven't put out in years. It's like kind of rusted. You know, I don't even know if it still works, but she was like, why is this even here? You know? And Hey, I love the reindeer. When I look at it, it brings back so many memories of like my sister, my mom, my dad, Christmas, when we used to like spend those holidays together. Um, But truth is we don't really actually need the reindeer. And um, we probably didn't need whatever sled was in there. And then there were like five bikes. Like I have one bike. I I can only really, I mean, I guess I could ride all like five bikes, but I only need one, you know? Um, And some of them were like childhood bikes and like all that stuff, you know? My mom always loved to say, like, clutter clutters the mind, you know? I'm sure she's not the first person to ever say something like that, Um, but I've always found that to be true, you know? Whenever my room was, like, kind of messy, like, back in school because I just didn't have time because I was, like, not even sleeping and, like, whatever, I was just so busy, Um, I would just take so much, like, I really love just, like, tidying up my room. You know, because I was like, I feel like I'm tidying up my mind as I'm like tidying up my room. Um, so uh back to the podcast though, because like I said, there are so many ways to like demanifest and kind of again kind of clear out just like what you don't need. And the point is, demanifestation is not about like if it, it, it really depends. And this is where you kind of have to really be tapped into your own truth. It's not about like getting rid of every ugly Christmas sweater quite like because I cause I really think they do sell like ugly Christmas sweaters, um, or pairs of pants that just don't fit, or shirts that you would just literally never wear out. You know, it's not about that specifically. It's about really being honest about, you know, what excess do I have around me that's like preventing me from really connecting to my truth. And that can mean anything. And for me, it was podcasts. So I had, let's just say like 15, 16 podcasts, whatever, you know, just in my library that I was subscribed to. And I was really taking a look and I was like, you know, I'm very, um, and again, this is like specific to me, but I think this could be for anybody. I'm very clear audience, you know? Um, so in order, and I was re- feeling really just disconnected from myself in my own truth, to be honest, um, especially a couple of weeks ago. But yes, I'm very clear audience. And so for me, it's very important to spend time in silence so that I can connect to God in that way. And so what prevents me from doing that is listening to, you know, all these podcasts, number one, that don't really align anymore like they did at a time. You know, there are so many podcasts. I look back and I was like, you know, that really helped me, you know, through whatever tough time, through whatever desert time. Um that I was experiencing and I really needed that guidance. I really needed that wisdom And it was beautiful. I remember being so inspired by those podcasts Like they were opening me up to different dimensions and different like schools of thought and different philosophies and different consciousnesses And it was so fun to listen to those podcast episodes And then lately I was just like I don't get that feeling of like inspired and excitement, you know I don't get that feeling anymore because There was a time where like all this stuff, all like the mysticism was so new to me that I was literally just like taking notes. I was taking notes while listening to these podcast episodes because everything was so new and it was really expanding my consciousness. But then it got to a point where I would listen and I was like, it's not that this is a bad podcast or that this is a bad podcast episode, but this is stuff I already know, you know, And I went through, you know, for years, like listening to these podcasts, getting so excited when a new one would come out, because it was this process of just just remembering and, you know, reconnecting to my truth. And that was beautiful. And there was a space for that. However, I realized in the past couple of weeks, you know, I feel like I'm not even listening anymore. And I'm definitely not, you know, feeling the same connectedness and the same inspiration that I felt, you know, when I used to listen to them. And I think it's time to let it go because the more time that I spend listening to other voices, the less time I spend listening to my own spirit, the less time I spend, you know, listening to God, the less time I spend really tapping into the souls and spirits around me. And that's the experience that I really want to fine tune, you know, so the spirit of demanifestation and, you know, really connecting back to my own truth. I let go of a lot of podcasts. I was like, you know, this was beautiful at a time. And this really did help me at a certain time, but this is no longer helping me anymore. And I only kept, you know, and then also I did add, you know, I think that's important too. I added more, you know, in areas where I was like, I could use some more development, you know, um, I would say the past several years were really focused on really reconnecting and remembering my soul, my spirit. But then I was like, you know, I feel a little unbalanced and blue is also about balance, you know? So I felt a little unbalanced. I was like, you know what? I feel like I just need some more podcasts about the news, you know, and what's going on in the world. And like, so I spent some time and I found a really great podcast that, you know, delivers, you know, current events in a way that I am excited about. Um, You know, that's important, too, is, you know, blue is all about balanced and being balanced between, you know, the spiritual and the material is also very, very important. Um, that's not not so much about the desert, but again, the desert is about really finding all of, if anything, I love this, you know, anytime that the desert, you know, pops up now I'm thinking that it can be just like a sign, like it's time to de-manifest just a little bit more, you know? And again, it's not about sweaters or like, you know, decluttering all the time, you know, for me, it was like, I did go through that too, by the way, I remember I donated, um, just a metric. I don't even know how to say this, like a ton, a ton of like clothes and stuff and things I didn't even do anymore, you know, to local organizations where I was like, you're going to find a better use for this than me. And then what I also did, I think this is also really important because I did go through this period of time where I did, I accumulated a lot of stuff probably to like compensate for something, you know, to fill some wound, you know, when I was like younger, um And I didn't really know how to really like lean in and really understand what was happening and really heal that for myself. And now and so since the time that I really committed to, you know, a practice of self-healing, revealing and remembering, um I didn't have a need for all that stuff anymore, you know. And so a part of it was, yes, releasing, you know, it's not only about releasing the stuff, but it's also about releasing the habit, too. You know, I found myself. So now whenever I bring something in, so I purchase something or like I subscribe to a new podcast, you know, I make sure it really adds value to my life before I bring it in, you know. And so now I just don't accumulate as much stuff anymore. And so, again, that goes for like physical items as well as streams of consciousness and consciousnesses, you know. So anytime I bring in a new podcast, I'm like, is this bringing me more into the unknown? You know, is this bringing me more wisdom in an area where I'm lacking? You know, because I'm not, I'm not that great. You know, like, like my strength is not current events. Um, and so when I brought in that podcast, I was very excited because, you know, to listen. Like the people that do it are hilarious and they're very, very informative, and I really do enjoy giving it a listen. You know, twice a week. Um. But when I was like looking at and I tried a couple, too, I tried another one. Um, It was like a daily, you know, 30 minute rundown of all the current events. And that was a good one, too. But it just didn't have the same like it was just one podcast um, guest, one guest, not one guest, one host with one guest that changed every single time. Um, And it was good for what it was. But then I found something better anyway. Um, intention 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 with whatever it is that you bring in and whatever it is you release and again all of this is very much connected to blue because what we don't want to do again the desert is about isolation but isolation to reveal you know truths that would have otherwise remained hidden and to reveal you know and to tap into that just unbridled creativity And those, you know, wild visions, you know, that's the point of the desert. And we don't get there by staying number one, by staying where we are comfortable. We don't tap into the unbridled creativity and those beautiful, wild, you know, roaming visions by staying where we are comfortable. But also if we have too many distractions, you know, for me, the desert is like anti distraction. So there is nothing to distract you in the desert you know, again, you're sitting there, imagine that you're sitting in the desert, you're looking around for miles and there's just kind of nothing there. There's nothing to distract you. And so that's what I love about this archetype too, because it's a call, like, let's just say it's light expression is, you know, it's silence, you know, um, not necessarily silence as in like, mm, like, there's just nothing like there's, that wasn't even silence, not silence, like But silence just in terms of it doesn't just have to be sound, but yeah, like demanifestation, like removing, you know, the excess, removing what's, you know, not necessary, Um, decluttering, if you will, Um, making room for the unexpected and just clearing out distractions. That's kind of the light expression of the desert. Um, And then the dark expression, the shadow expression is you know letting it be because I think a part of the light expression is allowing it to be isolating but isolating in like the best way possible you know isolating in you know realizing that like kind of isolating your spirit you know isolating but also balanced with connecting you know because again blue is all about balance so and balancing your truth with, I guess, what you could call the universal truth of unconditional love and, you know, all of the other embodiments of truth that is the collective. Um, so isolating as in demanifesting, as in, you know, again, removing, you know, what it is that could disconnect you from your truth because it's just simply too distracting. Um, but in the shadow expression of the desert it's kind of letting the desert overcome you and then also isolating but not in that um not in the way of isolating to reconnect you to your truth but isolating you from your truth you know if you allow it to overtake you if you allow it to overwhelm you and if you feel like there is no support you know because that's a part of this you know the truth blue of you have all the support you need from your spirit you have all the support you need from God and you have all of the support that you could possibly need, you know, from this collective. And that's really all you need. You don't need all of these extraneous external things. That's the kind of isolating I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the isolation where it's like there is I don't have my spirit. I don't have like like isolating in discon in the spirit of like disconnectedness, you know. um, That's like the shadow is when you just feel like when you can like, there's, like, a healthy amount of, like, disorientation where, again, you don't know quite what you're doing, quite where you're going, and you're, like, you know, taking steps, and the path is continually being revealed to you, but to kind of revel and, like, to stay in that disorienting space and to not make an effort to, like, again, lean in, you know, to lean into the medicine of being, you know, a little, like, temporarily just, like, isolated, and, again, it's not, like, a bad quote-unquote bad isolating um it's like this necessarily necessary isolation to just realize exactly what you have you know um that's the desert you know think of the desert again as a way as a process of demanifestation to reconnect you to you know the truth of who you are the truth of God, and then the truth of just the fact that the collective has so much to offer you, you know, and that can mean so many different things on so many different levels. So later today, because it's actually going to be um, humid, which I love, um, it's going to be like, I don't know, 70 and humid. I don't even know what percent humidity, Um, but I'm definitely going to go on like for a walk through like the forest or whatever. Um, you know, the trees are supporting you. The earth is supporting you. The newfound flowers that are coming through because it's finally spring. Um, all of that supporting you. It's not just like your human family. It's your nature family. It is this, my spirit family too, you know, um, everything is supporting you and you can tap. And that's like the beautiful, the beautiful part of this is you can tap into any of those, like, dimensions of yourself of god of this universal collective family in order to bring you the medicine and the tools that you ultimately need to make your way through the unknown and then eventually back to you know quote unquote home and like what you know that's a beautiful part of the desert is that yes you eventually do reach either home and then you bring back you know these new unexpected visions with you you know, to really shake up and shift your life, or maybe you don't go home. You know, maybe you go to a different place. Maybe you're led to a completely different place um, that you would not have expected whatsoever. And then you're calling that place home too, you know? So it can be like a reconnection to truth. Um, It can be like a rediscovery of what your truth is. You know, maybe you, maybe you were in this place that you called home, Um, that wasn't really home. You know what I mean? Maybe you were in like what you would call your quote unquote truth. You go through like a desert period. Then you realize, well, wait a minute, that's actually not really aligned with me and my authenticity. You know, the beautiful part about the desert is that it puts you in this space of real vulnerability, you know, because again, yeah, you are vulnerable. You know, you don't, maybe you have, like, let's just say you have, like, a gallon of water just to like, keep you, like, alive. Um, so I think we can survive, like, two weeks without food or something and then, like, not so long without water. So, again, in this, like, imaginative uh, visualization scenario, you have water, okay? Um, anyway, imagine that, again, you left this place that you called, that you thought was your quote-unquote truth and then, you know, as you're standing there in the desert with your gallon of water, you know, looking all around you, you know, maybe through all that de-manifestation, through all of that, you know, beautiful, um, isolation that you really, really needed. You find out that the place that you called home is not actually, you know, your home and your truth. And so you're looking for a different place and the desert can guide you there too. So there's a bunch of th- different things that the desert can do for you. It can either, again, bring you back to, you know, what you're used to with like just like a new sense of life and a new sense of consciousness that you can bring back and weave into your life. Or maybe you can just start completely new. You know, maybe you tapped into a different dimension of God, of truth, of the color blue that you weren't quite used to. And then you can just start on a new adventure. You know, you never know exactly. That's the beautiful part. Maybe also the terrifying part of the desert the unknown part of the desert is that you don't necessarily know where it is that you are going to wind up, you know, and that's what makes it such a very unknown, very mysterious place. And again, this is not coming from like a spiritually bypassy, you know, bypassing like perspective, because this is like very, very difficult And again, every single aspect of the desert, like, let's just say, um, I don't know, what happens in the desert? Um, At one point, you realize you didn't ration the water as well as you should have, or like you're hungry. Yeah, you're thirsty, or you come across like a coyote or like some unfamiliar desert animal. You know, all of those examples where you're confronted with challenges and you know, again, more discomfort, like that's like the word for today is just discomfort. Um, Every single time that you're confronted with that, like, I don't know, maybe you sat on a cactus, you know, literally anything, I don't even know. Um, Or you touched a plant, you were just not meant to touch um, or something like random like that. The way to not spiritually bypass your way through that is to literally lean in, you know, and that's what I've been doing a lot recently. And it's not, Um, it's not always easy, you know, like, for example, so if like, um, and this is where the archetypes really do overlap and it's very, very interesting, you know, because anytime that I feel like I've become like, uh, or I'm experiencing like stagnant, uh, yeah, like sense of like stagnancy, not sure if that's a word, um, but everything feels like stagnant or still. You know, I'm a very, I think we are all very, very dynamic people. You know, we are change. We are like change and growth embodied. You know, that's something that's been coming through a lot lately is that God is growth. You know, God is growth. And so we are guided toward what we need the most for growth. And so when I really felt like, hmm, I don't know what's going on here, but I feel like I'm not growing in the way that I'm used to everything feels like uncomfortable, but like, I I just feel like I'm not growing anymore. What can I really do? And so usually what happens is, and I mentioned this on the last podcast episode, and that's where they all kind of weave together because, and that's the beautiful part about this. Every single podcast episode is a prayer to a different aspect, to a different dimension of the aura and ultimately a different dimension of God, a different dimension of your spirit, a different dimension of the collective consciousness. It's a prayer and an activation and an initiation to all of that. Um, But they all really do weave together because on the previous podcast episode, I was talking a lot about the color red and that's how this all started, by the way, Um, was, and I didn't really vocalize it before because again, this is where like the stories of the archetypes all weave together Red has been the most difficult aura color, Um, even when I didn't even know anything about the auras and I was just learning about the chakras from Carolyn Mays. If you haven't read Anatomy of the Spirit, I highly, highly, highly recommend it because it's a beautiful book. Um, The one chapter, the first chapter or whatever, second, I don't even know. Um, The first chakra chapter that I was just like, I don't really know, um, is about the root chakra, which is red you know um just in terms of like translation between languages and aura colors uh the root chakra i believe yeah it does what am i talking about it definitely appears as red um not that far removed from it that's like the that was like always the root chakra the uh red groundedness etc that was the most that was like the one thing anytime that like i would do any sort of like aura healing or anything like that. I'm like, Oh God, please don't tell me we have to deal with like the color red today or the root chakra or whatever. Um, I remember months ago I was walking with a friend through the woods. We were talking and she is much more well versed in the chakra system than I am. And she was like, you know, you probably got some root chakra issues. And I was like, dear Jesus, I just, I don't I want to like deal with it. Um, and so that's the beautiful part again about the desert is leaning into everything that you just don't want to lean into. Um, and you can describe that in a bunch of different ways. You can say, I want to lean into my root chakra, I want to lean into the color red, and like, am I my shadow in the color red, etc.? Um, and that's exactly what I've been doing. And so the desert is not only a time of removing everything, you know, demanifestation, removing the excess, but it's also a time for you to really not spiritually bypass and lean into everything that is uncomfortable so for me red is very uncomfortable it's very unknown to me um I was actually doing listen oh so actually speaking of which so I released a bunch of podcast episodes and then I brought a new one in and it's my favorite thing you know I okay so disclaimer of course because I feel like This always needs to be said and reiterated. Not a shaman, not a shaman at all. There's like a archetype named the shaman. Um, You need like people need to have more respect for like shamanism in general, because, you know, there are people like left and right calling themselves shamans, and that's just not what's going on. Um, But this podcast is actually centered around shamanism. It's hosted by a beautiful, beautiful embodied um, full medicine woman um, serious medicine woman, serious shaman. Um, and it's incredible. And I only listened to one podcast episode. Um, anyway, so it's an amazing podcast. I love it. It's already teaching me so much, but a part of her podcast is, and she can do this because again, she is a shaman and then she has, you know, shamans coming on as guests, which is amazing. And shamanism has really shifted my life in a lot of ways. Um, um, But during the podcast episodes, a part of it is like a ceremony. And so she also brought on this, you know, equally powerful, fully embodied medicine woman to lead a ceremony about the five wounds of the heart. And one of them was abandonment and abandonment lies within like the root chakra area. Um, Also like the color red, um, because red root chakra is all about safety, security, family, etc. And when that came up, I was like, oh, Jesus, you know. Of course, of course, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately um, with my partner um, because we, you know, it's so interesting. He is my divine, sacred mirror. He reveals so much about me. And so that's what I love about being with him is because just being tapped in and again, the desert, you know, in terms of the collective, the collective has so much to offer you in terms of just intelligence and information about your own soul and spirit, because we all reflect you know, unconditional love, you know, within each other. Um, But being with him is such, it's such a ceremony, such an initiation within itself, because I'm always learning new things about my soul and the expression of my soul through him. And recently we've been talking a lot about abandonment and, you know, insecurities and stuff like that. Um, So this is a very long way of saying that the desert is not about, The desert is such a grounded experience. It is such a grounded experience of discomfort. Don't try and bypass that. Don't try and skip over that. In fact, lean in because, again, God gives you what you need to grow. And so sometimes being in the desert, you know, releasing, you know, what it is that you don't need anymore so that you can grow into your truth um, and also realizing that you have so much, you know, again, you have everything that you could possibly need And so it's really a time of turning inward and really just like focusing on all those bits that you were just previously like, I don't want to touch that. I don't even want to look at that like, no. And for me, that was a lot about the color red. And now that I'm like finally leaning into the color red, I'm like, wow, this is like a beautiful color. I mean, it's always been a beautiful color, um, but this is like a beautiful aura color. You know, I've learned a lot about, you know, what does family with the security, what does that really mean to me, you know, in terms of this like universal family, et cetera. And the beautiful part of that is, you know, I just I keep receiving this message like you belong to God, you know, Um, which, you know, again, resonates for me is aligned with me, my truth, etc. And that's been a big part of this demanifestation process is realizing, you know, at the end of the day, from how I understand it, you don't belong to your like blood family. You don't belong to you know, literally you don't belong to anything else. Like some people like to say you belong to nature, mother nature. That's just another way of them saying you belong to God as well. Um, And that's what I've really been focusing on. But I didn't really come if somebody and that's that's a part of the desert, too, because and just the archetypes in general, because people can tell you stuff, you know, people can tell you you belong to God, you belong to mother nature, you are nature, Um, You belong to X, Y, Z, like blah, blah, blah. We all fit in here because that's what the root chakra is about. That's what red is about. It's like, um, I'm just going to speak to what I know just in case. Um, But that did come up during the journey of the ceremony I was telling you about. Um, That's a lot of red is where you belong. And I've had a huge issue um, in the past. Huge, 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 huge wound with, you know, feeling a sense of belonging And just going through that, leaning through, leaning into these desert, this discomfort times has brought me to that inner vision, that inner knowing that at the end of the day, you belong to God. You don't belong to literally anything else first. And then the medicine, oh my gosh, I can just feel it. The sheer healing that I felt from that just continues to ripple and radiate throughout my life in such unexpected ways, you know? So Even more so when I look at my partner, I'm like, I just feel connected to the God, the source, the creation within you, you know? Um, And then why do we have romantic partners to like start a family? So even if like, you know, because who knows what happens in the future, but eventually, you know, when I am with a partner and I am starting a family, I still don't belong to necessarily that family. I belong to the God within that family. Um, And that has just shifted a lot for me. So that's what I'm talking about, you know, in terms of going back to the desert, Again, the desert is leaning into where, you know, we are uncomfortable and seeing where it takes us, you know? So for me, red was something I never really understood. Red was something that probably honestly was just more painful for me to lean into. Um, And now I'm realizing, wow, there's so much wealth, so much abundance, so much beauty within the color red and it's leading me leading me to all of these unexpected places and that is the beauty of the desert in general is again going to these mysterious places by leaning into what you what is uncomfortable and so it's kind of like think about it as like charting the unknown you know exploring the unknown you know when you and the unknown is infinite so there's always going to be desert opportunities there's always going to be opportunities to lean into the unknown, to explore the unknown and to make the unknown known into some way. And then again, bring that creativity, those visions back, you know, to really support you and your life. And again, all you need to do, you know, in order to do that is connect to the truth of your spirit, the truth of God and the truth that there is so much that this collective universal family has to offer you. So I believe that's good for now Um, with respect to the desert, because we did Then we did the light in the shadow. Yeah. Um, Again, the light is just embracing um, that demanifestation process, that reconnection to truth, that leaning into the discomfort, um, beautiful isolation. And then the shadow is just letting it completely overwhelm you to the point where you never leave the desert, you know, and you're just kind of stuck there um, in perpetuity or also shadow could also be like spiritually bypassing and really not leaning into the feelings because the only way you know, to really glean everything that you need from the desert is to be as present as possible, no matter how uncomfortable that might be. So I'm going to close this the same way that I opened it um, with a moment of silence. And this is where, you know, I personally like to thank my spirit family for guiding the exploration of the archetype uh, for today um, and for revealing its medicine Um, if that's not what you did, you can always thank yourself, um, just close the space, seal it with whatever it is, however it is that you know, how just sometimes just saying thank you, um, is powerful enough. So, um, that's what we are going to do starting right now. Okay, perfect. So. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode. I'm really enjoying enjoying this series and I can't wait to see, you know, how the archetypes build off of one another, um, how they all connect to each connect to each other as we kind of continue down this very healing journey. I keep receiving downloads about, you know, what exactly this series is and that's what it feels like to me right now. Again, it's not only just like an every single one is an opportunity to tap into God, to tap into the aura and all of its many beautiful dimensions and the dimensions of the spirit. Um, But this one also just feels like a particularly powerful healing initiation and journey that I'm excited to learn more about in the future. So until then, I will speak to you very soon.